Hello, I'm Stuart Devine, and welcome to It's Not All Bad. If you're like me, you've probably been thinking about all kinds of issues, including leadership, leaders that are military leaders, government leaders, industry, corporate leaders, uh, social society leaders. We can go on and on about leaders and leadership. Some people believe that leaders are born and not made. Others believe that people develop into leaders. But today, we're just going to take about roughly 10 minutes and we're going to talk about leadership. Now, here is one definition of leadership. A leader is somebody whom people follow. A leader has authority. For people to accept a leader, his or her leadership must therefore be legitimate. Because people follow a leader, the leader can make people do things. A leader can therefore make people work together towards a common goal. That's just one of many kinds of leadership, but you notice there is a theme about being able to influence others. And common thoughts of today are about how do we behave as leaders? So let's take a look at some of these different quotes and different ideas. Well, some say leadership has nothing to do with seniority or one's position in the hierarchy of a company. Well, let's really be honest about this. A lot of leadership does have to do with a title. It's sort of Pollyannish in a way to think that the leadership and leader does not mesh in many organizations because oftentimes a person may have the title of boss, leader, this, that, and the other thing, and it's based on the title, not necessarily the behavior or character traits of that quote leader, unquote. How about this one though? Leadership has nothing to do with personal attributes. So some would say the word leader, and most people think of that domineering type, take charge, charismatic individual. We often think of icons from history like General Patton or President Lincoln. We can go on and on. Well, we don't need extroverted charismatic traits to practice leadership. And those with charisma don't automatically lead because we're sort of used to, in some ways, the leader being that square-jawed man or woman, and they're just telling others what to do. And hopefully along the way, they may exhibit thoughtfulness, compassion, uplifting of others, or some leaders actually say those words, but in practice, they're domineering, I want it my way, no way, or the highway. Whether you're in a traditional leadership role or whether you're a follower or an informal leader, and we've heard talk about that many, many times. So here's another definition. Is someone who has followers. Really? Is that what it's all about? So leader means you are leading others. Now in the strictest sense of the word, this is true. A leader, by definition, is of course leading others, in theory at least, right? You would think so. I have a tendency to think that there are a lot of leaders out there that have nothing to do again with that title, and they're also contributing to the whole, but they may not be in front. Let's take a look at some of these quotes about leadership, if you will. How about this? You don't get what you wish for. You actually push others to go on and get what you desire, that outcome. And we can even encourage others by saying, even the greatest were beginners. Now we look at Eleanor Roosevelt and the things she did with the Tuskegee Airmen back you know, in World War II. She actually flew with those black flyers when others were saying they're not capable, etc. That was leadership, but yet we know Eleanor Roosevelt was not a leader in terms of the traditional sense. She was not President Roosevelt. She was not the Secretary of Defense. 
you can imagine, but yet by her taking that simple role that was magnetic and was powerful by saying, I'm going to go to that airfield and I'm going to choose one of those black flyers and I'm going to go up in that, that biplane with them and fly with them. That was leadership, even though she wasn't in that traditional role. Now, others will actually encourage people by saying, don't let what you cannot do interfere with what you can do. Leaders will often try to impart that to others if they're sincere about uplifting and encouraging others. And by the way, leadership shouldn't only be about, I only want to uplift you or my subordinate or my colleague only for the organizational progress. Isn't it okay to uplift people for their own sense of self-worth? even though it does contribute to the whole or the organization or the team. By the way, there's nothing wrong with wanting people to be the best selves, even as you're looking at the organization. That's also, I would like to think, a characteristic of leadership as well. How about this? Creating the culture of burnout is the opposite of creating a culture of sustainable creativity, right? That's another quote. Think about this. How many times as leaders, or maybe you're a selecting official for someone, or maybe someone's already been uh, selected to come into your organization, and they say, I am looking forward to getting there and hit the ground running. Oh my goodness. In my years in various different roles, subordinate, leader, if you will, I prefer coach. However, how many times have I heard or somebody emailed and called and said, Stuart, I'm really looking forward to getting to your organization. And I go, hey, that's great. We've got a lot of things down there. And I go, so what are you going to do when you first get here? You're going to check on your house. You're going to do this. Oh, no, no. I'm looking forward to hitting the ground running. And to me, that sends up a red flag. One is that that person actually values their self-worth to a certain degree to the organization in terms of making sure that I, as possibly that coach or that boss or that supervisor, believes that they're just gonna come in here and start hitting the ground running. Instead of saying, actually, Stuart, thanks, I appreciate that. I'm looking forward to checking on housing and sort of getting sort of slowly into the organization and I wanna make sure that I understand what the culture is so I can contribute to that. I normally don't get that kind of discussion. I get the kind of, well, I'm gonna come in here and sort of, kick button take names, not exactly that way, but they want to make sure that I understand, oh my goodness, I'm here to go on and get involved. And before you know it, they're probably making a few enemies because they've come in there believing that this organization didn't function until they got here. So those are one of the things that we want to make sure that part of the character, if you will, of leadership is not encouraging people to come in just hitting the ground running as opposed to being a part of the organization, maybe listening a little bit as well. Here goes another one right here. This is a quote, if you will. When one door of happiness closes, another opens, but often we look so long at the closed door that we do not see the one which is open for us. Now that was a quote from Helen Keller, and it is very true. I, like anybody else, sometimes that door gets closed and it's a door that we really wanted to, to go through. We felt this was our calling to get through that door and it closes. And then if you will, the depression, mild though it may be, sinks in and we're so concentrated on if the feeling of being rejected or the feeling of failure that the opportunity of that other door that may be right behind it and all you have to do is go around or in some cases right next to that door that just closed. And for some reason, we fail to look at that opportunity. If we're not careful as leaders, 
We will see other people where that door has been closed to them by circumstances or by maybe that they don't have that particular technical or that attribute for that particular function. And what we should be doing is trying to make sure there's another door that they can get through as well to realize their potential. That's part of what leadership should always be about. At least that's my impression, right? How about this one? Here's another one. <laughs> this is wild. And I'm sort of laughing about this. I wake up every morning and think to myself, how far can I push the company forward in the next 24 hours? That's an actual quote, but think about it. I'm going to say it one more time. I wake up every morning and I think to myself, how, how far can I push the company forward in the next 24 hours? My goodness, is that what it is all about in terms of being this leader, trying to push things to the next level every single day? If that's what life is all about, what happens when you can no longer push? Or what happens when your staff is burned out? Or what happens when somebody decides, guess what, I think I'm gonna quit, I can't handle this anymore? Or what happens with the person that should not be left behind on your staff, but they felt like they couldn't hang on to that moving train that no matter when they get on, you push it so fast and they get blown off again? That's a pretty rough road to take, I would think. And I hope that's something that many leaders and many supervisors or would-be leaders would not go down that track. But this one is one I really do enjoy. Quote, a leader takes people where they want to go. A great leader takes people where they don't necessarily want to go, but they ought to be. It's very interesting. A leader takes people where they want to go. A great leader takes people where they don't necessarily want to go, but really should be. And we all run into those people. In fact, oftentimes it is us. Yeah, the steward divines of the world, if you will, or maybe you or your colleague, etc. When it is true, they feel like I can't get to that point. And you know they can. They can realize, notice, not the organizational necessarily, but their professional and sometimes personal potential. And hopefully, I can encourage, guide, mentor, provide that space for them to go where they should go. And yes, do I wish it to contribute to the organization and our teamwork as a whole, but as a leader, I would like to think if I'm in that leader role, that I'm also encouraging to be where they should be. And by the way, I'm cognizant of the fact that maybe that colleague is not supposed to be there after all. There could be all kinds of reasons for that but I don't wanna shut the door and automatically assume they cannot get to wherever they probably should be. <laughs> now, this one's really interesting. This person said, I love bossy women. I could be around them all day. To me, bossy is not a pejorative term at all. It means somebody's passionate and engaged and ambitious and doesn't mind leading. My goodness, think about that statement. I wanna Peep that for you just one more time so you can get the full breath. I just love bossy women. By the way, take the women out of here. Just say bossy people. I just love bossy people. I could be around them all day. To me, bossy is not a pejorative term at all. It means somebody's passionate and engaged and ambitious and doesn't mind leading. My goodness, I don't want to be around a person that thinks they have to boss people around all day. This is something that they felt they're born to do, just to tell people what to do. Now, there was a industry icon, very strong industry, industry icon. It didn't matter what people brought to this individual. It's true, he was a billionaire. It didn't make any difference what they brought to him. 
Nothing was ever good enough. And he would shame them into going even higher. Some people say, isn't that great leadership? It was never, ever good enough. And he would shame them, condescending, and push them even higher. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, you mean to tell me that the organization or the products couldn't have been great without the shaming, without the condescending behavior, without all of that? And then finally, when the person's time on this earth decided to move on, then the epiphany starts in life. Well, it's unfortunate that the epiphany should have started years, possibly even decades ago. Maybe there wouldn't have been so many bridges that were burned and so many people left behind. This is a good quote. I would rather be honest about what I didn't know rather than pretend like I knew everything. This is very important. Often leaders, supervisors, etc., that are coming into a new organization or a new team, if we're not careful, one of the things we come in and say, yeah, I've been here a couple of days. I can't wait to meet with the staff so uh, I can take them to the next highest. What? You mean you want to meet with the staff to take them to, what do you mean? What next higher? I thought you would want to meet with the staff so that you can receive input. One, about where we have been. Number two, where we are. Number three, and where would we like to go? And then you can take all of that and then work on a vision where we all can go as an organization, as opposed to you're going to come in and fix something that may or may not need repair. As General Powell said at one time, if it doesn't need fixing, don't fix it. But then you'll have other people that say everything needs fixing. At some point, you're correct. But sometimes it is better to come into the organization to understand, right? And here's the next quote. Listen to understand, not to reply. Active listening is difficult, whether for leaders, subordinates, colleagues. It's not exactly the easiest thing to do. And sometimes we speak with other people with the intent of can't wait for that person to shut up so that we can get in our thought. Well, people that aspire to various leadership positions, again, that traditional word, but coaching positions, it is important to listen. Now, you're probably going to say, really, Stuart, have you ever practiced that? Yeah, I have. It was about roughly three weeks ago. A colleague, we were on a digital video call, and the person said, Stuart, I don't know if this approach really works with the organization about what it wants to do. And I was thinking, I didn't see a particular problem wrong with that. And the person said, no, I, I, I just don't think. And I, I kept listening to him and I said, I am not objecting to what you're saying, but I just don't understand what you're saying. And literally I said it that way. So then another colleague chimed in and said, Stuart, maybe if I can rephrase this. And I appreciate that person saying that. And the person said, this is the perspective that we are talking about. Do you know that even the second person that brought it up to me, I still didn't understand the point. I honestly didn't. So I said, rather than take up everyone's time in this meeting, and if you don't mind, I want to speak to the first person because I want to understand. I am truly missing something. I'm actively listening, but for some reason, I'm not on all burners. So after the digital video conference with the entire team, I contacted the one individual that first brought up the issue. Do you know we were on a digital call for about an hour and 15 minutes? There was no argument. He was going to try to help me truly understand. At the end of that conversation, and we had about roughly 10 more minutes, I said, you know something? I finally understand what you're trying to say. 
even though that person was my, quote, subordinate, and I was, quote, the boss, guess what? I wanted to understand. And that's what that really means. Listen to understand, not automatically to reply with your thoughts on what's right or wrong. There's this place and time for everything, but sometimes in leadership roles, whether it's formal or informal, it's actually advisable to try to listen to what people are trying to say as opposed to what you want to say. Let's go on to the next one. People will forget, and I'm quoting here, people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. This is just, a, it's almost an overused quote, but it's by Maya Angelou. It is so great to hear that word. Let me say one more time. People will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. Even those people that rise up to the top, they're the cream now. Even though we may be praising them because they're rich now or they're in that high position, we will still remember that on your way up to the top, you made me feel like crap. That's pretty unfortunate, but that seems to be how some people think that leadership should be played out. Maybe by examples of others, we will never know. The leaders who get the most out of their people are the leaders who care most about their people. Now, some of the people will say, now we've had plenty of leaders that burn through their subordinates, burn through their colleagues all the way on the top. And you're right. This is true. They're legendary. However, the ones that are lasting in terms of who you want to emulate, if you will, those leaders, they really do care most about their people in thoughtful ways. Those are my thoughts for today. Maybe not prophetic in the traditional sense, but nonetheless important. You have a good one until next week's episode. Thank you for listening to today's episode. As always, you can listen and subscribe to It's Not All Bad wherever you download your podcasts.